Well, praise God, folks. Um, stand up, stand up for Jesus. And that's what we need to do at this time. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Amen. And we don't fight to win the victory. We fight to enforce the victory that Jesus has already won. Uh, but I want to speak today about war and warfare. And let me say we are at war. We are at war. And, you know, we may be at war uh, in terms of nationally, World War Three. Many people has already begun. We're just in the early stages of it. And we have to believe God that if things get worse, if things escalate, that God will preserve our uh, British Isles. Because this war, if it comes and kicks off, is going to be greater than any other war in history. And far more devastating. And, you know, we say, well, what, what, what can we do? Well, in a sense, it's a little bit too late to prevent things. But we may prevent a further escalation of things. And, you know, we shouldn't, in a sense, fear. Jesus actually said, don't let not your heart be troubled. You'll hear of wars, and you'll hear of rumours of wars, and rumours of wars could be a lot of the propaganda that's going on because there's so much of that. But friends, we, we have to understand that if we're living in the end times, and, and of course many people believe that we are, then we're going to see a lot of people, uh, a lot of things that you know have been foretold, and I would imagine uh, my predecessors as pastors and preachers here and Foundry Boys would speak of these things uh, because they're coming in the earth. And we ought not fear because in one sense, you know, the Bible says that if we die, that's gain, isn't it? Uh, and, but to love is Christ, to die is gain. So we know where we're going. And <laughs> this is a bit of macabre humour. Um, if it really does kick off, we'll, we, it will all be over in seconds. For, for us. Amen. But we're not of those who fear these things, uh, and we are of people of faith, and we believe that God will protect us as he has done many times. But for many others, and those in the theatre of war right now, um, it's not so good. So we need to turn to God's word, and what better way than this psalm that we read, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength. He is our fortress. Refuge means that he protects us. We hide in his protection. And he is our strength in these difficult times. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Amen. We cannot fear because we're children of God. We cannot fear because we know even if our body's killed, we know where we're going. We're going home to be with him. And uh, as David keeps saying, you ought not fear. Uh, he's got that drummed into him. And <laughs> if he hears fear, he normally will rebuke whoever's been scary, or, or scared, sorry, and say, we ought not fear. And he's right, because God's word says, many, many times, do not fear. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed. And, you know, that's very much something that can happen in wartime. That the earth can, can be removed. The earth can be uh, very much moved under our feet. Especially with 
uh, a nuclear war. So God's word addresses the very things that would trouble us. Amen? You say, well, it's not really polite to speak of these things. Well, you know, I'm not a polite preacher. I'm a preacher of God's word. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, God's word will speak to the very things that even the unspeakable things in a sense. We will not fear, though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. So even these devastating things that could happen, the Bible says we do not fear in the midst of them. Amen? Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, and that little word, salah, means pause and think and contemplate on this. Now, when it speaks about the waters here in the mountains, it's actually speaking about the nations. These are metaphors for the nations. Okay? Um, the, the, the sea or the many waters in Scripture very often is a metaphor for all the nations. And the mountains speaks of nations, kingdoms, empires. So he's saying that they roar and be troubled and that they shake. Now, whether that's speaking of literal waters and mountains or, as I said, a metaphor for the nations, he's saying don't be afraid when you see the nations in a tumult. Okay, the nations are angry right now because of what's going on, but, and people are angry. And it's so easy for anger to flare up. Those of you who remember the First World War and the Second World War will remember that your wars are always started with angry words. Can't be. They're always started because somebody gets real angry. And folks are angry right now, so that's why we have to pray for God's peace on God's terms, not man's. And then he says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Well, in the Christian era, we are the Zion of God. We are the city of God. We are the tabernacles of the Most High. God dwells in his church. And so the answer, friends, is found in God's word, the answer to war. And it's also found in God's true church. Amen. You know, if folks just listened more to us believers, they wouldn't go to war. It's that simple. And the fact that they don't listen means that they're all off fighting and fussing and everything else. Now, I'm not belittling the concerns of people and nations that are at war. I'm not just being glib about it. But friends, the answer is in the Lord and the answer is in his church. God is in the midst of her, the church of God that is. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early, or that, that can mean at the break of day. Then verse 6 says, the heathen rage. Now that word heathen literally means the nations. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The nations are in a rage right now, aren't they? We can see that. We only have to turn on the news and listen to our politicians. And quite frankly, they often don't help. The narrative and the rhetoric that they use is all designed to inflame and inflame our passions. 
But folks, we've been down this road before. And I think it was the last week we looked at the passage in Isaiah where it says, there's coming a day where the nations will not learn war anymore. It's time people understood that if we listen to God and his word, the Bible says he settles disputes among nations. Okay, not us, not, not jumping a tank, not firing a missile, not lifting up a rifle, not shouting and bawling in hatred, but he settles disputes. And it's time that we turn to his word. And it's time that the nations and the people in those nations got back to church. It was, uh, David here told me last week on the way down, he saw many people get into churches. And, and it's true, it only takes a threat of war or, or something like that to get folks to pile back in to church because they're scared. And, you know, that, that's okay. But, folks, if a lot more were coming to church, there'd be a whole lot less fighting and warfare in the earth. It said, The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is a refuge. And again, that little word, Salah, which means stop here and think. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. And this is the bit I want us to see. Okay? This verse here. In verse 9 it says, He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. What a wonderful, wonderful verse. He makes wars to cease. God is the one that stops wars. Now, that means that if we want wars to stop, we have to pray. We have to pray for peace. But not peace, as I said, in man's terms, but peace in God's terms. Because very often we have these peace treaties and agreements, and because they're not founded on God and his word, they're just agreements between men. They're broken. Amen? The truces and the treaties, they're broken. But it's God that truly brings peace. He makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. And as we've spoken of before, that phrase, the end or the ends of the earth, uh, has the meaning of a specific geographical destination, which is uh, in terms of uh, in ancient, the Holy Land in ancient times, would be Britain, the British Isles. You see, this is what I'm trying to say to you is that Britain's role should always be a peacemaker. We shouldn't be stirring up war. Boris Johnson shouldn't be talking up war. We should be speaking peace. Amen? And that's our role, I believe, in the earth. Our nation's role. And we've done it in, in, in the times past. But other times, we've been a war among big nations. And it does no good to be that. He breaketh the bow. And cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Or we say like this. God destroys the weapons of warmongering nations. And then he says these wonderful words. Be still and know that I am God. And that's the one thing that people should be doing in the midst of all this. Is being still. Quieting ourselves before him. And know that he is God. Because there are so many in public office, political office, that think they're God. They think they've got all the answers. They think that it's their decision. No, he is God, the one who dwells in high. He says, I will be exalted among the, the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, if we just took time to be still 
to know that he is God and exalt him. And that's why, folks, when we come to church and we sing hymns, we don't do it to fill the time in. We don't sing our four hymns uh, because, well, that's, that's just what we do. It's a ritual. No, we, we worship him to exalt him. And when we exalt him and he gets the honour and the glory and the praise and the worship, then what that means is we give him licence, in a sense, to bring peace to the earth. I will be exalted among these. And it says, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. And then again, that third use of this little word, Selah, in the psalm. Now, the Lord of hosts means the Lord of heaven's armies. Isn't it good to know that the one who, can, who commands millions of angels is on our side? Amen? He's for us. He's not against us. Now, I don't mean he's on our side as in he's on Britain's side. Amen? He's on our side as his people. Amen? And he is on Britain's side if Britain is on his side. That's so important. So if we want the Lord to protect us as a nation... And I certainly do right now because I don't want to be uh, in the blast path of some nuclear bomb. Now we have, to, we have to proclaim and declare that the God of Jacob is our refuge. We don't just do that for us as individuals or as a church. Or as a, we do it for our nation. We ask God in humility to be our refuge here in Scotland and in the British Isles. So it's so important to do that. Now, I want us to, to look at, and I want us to understand that we are at war. We are at war as believers. And it's a war that's won because Jesus won that war on the cross. But it's like we still have a spiritual bandit, an outlaw, a renegade called the devil who was defeated by Jesus, but he's still on the loose. And he still cause trouble wherever he can. And our job as Christians, as believers, is to enforce the victory of Christ. So I want us to look at another psalm, Psalm 27 this time. This is a psalm of David. And some wonderful words that we can take comfort from and strength from. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Again, that emphasis that we should not be in fear. We cannot afford to live in fear because fear attracts the thing you fear. And it's so important to not be fearful. We're commanded, fear not. Fear not for I am with you. <coughs> so he says here, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. We, we, we saw that in the previous psalm. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, what he's meaning is, if the Lord is our strength, what do we have to fear? Who do we have to fear? Then he says, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh or to destroy me, they stumbled and fell. And then look at this. Though an host or though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and that's where we are right now, isn't it? That war is rising and is a real danger to us. It says, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. 
Okay, what's he confident in? That the Lord is his strength. That the Lord is his light. And that's what we should be today. That no matter what, even if we perish, we go to a better place. But we don't have to just excel, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. And if I stood up and says, we're all going to die, I wouldn't be much of a preacher. Because we have to believe that God will preserve us. And I don't just mean from war. I mean from everything that comes against us. And so many things are coming against us. And as I've said many times from this pulpit, that it's very easy to fear everything that's going on out there. If we succumb to fear. But we ought not succumb to fear. We ought to have faith and confidence. And he says, and this will I be confident. Then he says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Wow. You know, all you have to do is, is stay in the house of God. All you have to do is stay where God has placed you. That's so important. Amen. In other words, ground yourself, be stable, and don't drift off, run about, and wring your hands, and, oh, what are we going to do? You know, a lot of people out there uh, running around, panicking. But the place of peace and safety and refuge is in the house of God. It's right here in this church. Okay? Now, if, if it does kick off, we've always got a dunny. Amen. And if you need to lower down, we'll lower you down. Amen. <laughs> Maybe that's built for that very purpose, I don't know. Maybe somebody had a prophetic insight. We're going to need this dunny one day. You see, you see well, these are not things to laugh at. Yes, they are. Because we have to have laughter doeth good like a medicine. Amen. And we laugh in the face of danger. We laugh in the face of death. Why? Because we're believers. And all we have to do is stay in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. Now he's not just speaking here about a building. We know that. He means stay in God's presence. Stay in that place of safety. Stay in the secret place. Dwell in the secret place. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Wow. My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. God will preserve and protect us from all our enemies. That's his promise to us. If we will fear not and stay in faith. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. It's, it's as simple as crying out to him. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I'll seek. So it's so important for us to stay in that place. We could read the rest of the psalm, but I want to, to move on to our next passage of Scripture, which is so important. But look at that verse 10, just look at that. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. What a wonderful, wonderful verse. 
that no matter what happened, even if the unthinkable, that your father and mother turned their back on you, he says, the Lord's always there, he'll keep you. So friends, we don't have anything to truly fear. There's plenty of fear if we choose, but we choose not to. We, 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 we thank you in a sense for the offer, but we, we're refusing to fear. Amen? Uh, we're not really thank, thanking, but you understand what I mean. We're taking the, the fearless option, the non-fear option, and we're choosing to be confident and place our trust in the Lord, our refuge and our strength. So finally, I want us to look very quickly before we close at Ephesians chapter 6 because I said to you, we are at war. And let me just say this, we were at war long before the tanks rolled into Ukraine. And we were at war, in fact you, you were at war the very second you gave your heart to Jesus. Okay? Because the Bible speaks about the good fight of faith, we need to fight the good fight of faith. As I said, we're not fighting to get victory, but we're fighting because our Lord and Saviour got the victory, but we're in the, the fight of it. Because that victory which we've received already is contested by that outlaw that opposes us, the evil one. So Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll see our response as believers. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, and that includes the cistern as well, okay? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So our strength is not in our cleverness, our, our wit, or our intellect. It's in the Lord. And in the power of his might. And then he says this, put on the whole armour of God. If you're going to battle, you need to, to strap on your armoury. Amen? You need to put on your armour. And you need to do this in a, in a sense daily. Put on the whole armour, not some of the armour. Okay, if you miss put your helmet on, you get your head blown off. If you, miss, if you don't take up your shield then you, you'll, you'll get shot down with the arrows. If you don't put your breastplate on, then you could receive a fatal wound. So he says, put on the whole armour of God, then he goes through it, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, or the strategies, or the schemes of the devil. Because the devil is clever. But he's not clever, he's cunning. Amen? I remember one preacher someone asked him um, do you not have anything good to say about the devil and he said well he is persistent amen the devil is persistent and he sits and watches and looks for an opening in our lives and he has wild strategies schemes and if it's worked against us before he'll use it time and time again until we wise up to that he says, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against his schemes. The schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not. And this is what I want to show. This is what the distinction I want to make to you uh, this afternoon. Is this. We're not in a war with another nation. We're not in a war with human enemies. 
We're not in a war with the Russians or anybody else in terms of human enemies. Does that make sense? Now, sadly, the media, the government, they want us to, 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 to follow the war that they want us to, to, to follow. And hate, you know, just now it's the Russians, before it was the Iraqis and different people, okay? But that's not the warfare of the Christian. That's a natural warfare. And he says, we don't wrestle. We're not engaging in that. We're not engaging in war against Russia or, or any other power because as Christians we believe for the advance of the kingdom of God in these nations. Even if our country is at war with them. We want the gospel to succeed. We want the kingdom of God to advance because there are churches and believers in Russia and other nations and we may have a dispute in terms of Britain or whatever with those nations but he's not talking about that there when he says put on the whole armour of God he's not saying get your rifle and go out and fight some human enemy he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places or, or um, heavenly places high up now he's talking about spiritual enemies here but he's also talking about we're at war against things that are in the world uh, institutions and so on that are antichrist so there are human enemies uh, in the sense that but we're not fighting them we're not taking up rifles to shoot them we're fighting the ideologies we're fighting the spiritual forces of wickedness behind them. In other words, our battle is a spiritual one. And our, our weapons are prayer and speaking God's word and so on. We'll just see that very quickly before we close. He says this. Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. He says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth your loins cut about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And these are spiritual elements, spiritual armor. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. This is the sword of the spirit, folks. Double-edged sword which is the word of God, praying always, that's the key, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What he's saying is this, your weapons are spiritual. It's God's word, it's prayer. It's spiritual uh, warfare that we're conducting. We're not fighting people. We're not going to punch somebody because they don't agree with us. What we're doing is we're, we bind wicked forces. We use God's word to speak into national situations. We pray and we, we, we supplicate. We ask, we intercede like we do every week uh, in, in our service. We ask God to intervene. We ask God to move. We ask God to give us righteous rulers and to bless us. And we ask God to throw down wickedness in our nation 
And right now we really need to pray for peace. As I said, it's not a peace that will be uh, negotiated by men, but when God's peace descends, it comes to bring true peace. And it's not just the absence of conflict or warfare. It brings reconciliation. Amen. It's very sad right now to see the Russians and the Ukrainians at war with each other, fighting, killing. Because essentially, a lot, a lot of them are the same people. And so we need to pray for peace in that situation. But there are other factors involved in this. And that's why I just say, because folks are all getting all excited, I just say, what's wrong with praying? God's kingdom come and God's will be done in that situation. You can't go wrong. That's why Jesus gave us that prayer, because if we pray our opinions, then we're not praying God's will. God's will be done. Is the answer. And Jesus gave us that prayer. And if the Lord reveals something, that's great. But if he doesn't and we don't know how to pray, then just pray that. So important for us to pray biblically, to get biblical results. Pray the Bible way to get Bible results. Amen. The Lord bless you folks.